Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello, my friends. My name is Simon Miller, and this is the show where we give the good bits and up and the bad bits are down for WWE Smackdown. Ah, how's it going? I'm not really Simon Miller. It's me, Phil. This isn't even a ball cap. It's The Rock. Let's up those downs. We started off Smackdown with Fight Night because it was the Brawling Brutes coming in. No sign of Sheamus though this week after they written him off last week with the Usos attacking his arm. Uh, they've actually written him off TV because he's off getting married. So a huge congratulations to Sheamus. Smackdown was bloodline heavy last night though and we started this off just before this match as we cut backstage to most of the bloodline because Roman Reigns wasn't in the building yet because yet again he's late for work. He's an absolute disgrace. Um, but it was uh, the Usos and Solo Sikoa and Sami Zayn backstage they were getting all hyped up and then Sami Zayn turned to Jay Uso to address some things that have been going on recently. Now Jay thinks that Sami won't want him to go out to the ring because of other things that have been happening recently but Sami is saying it's the complete opposite. He wants the moment to be when Roman Reigns arrives in that building he wants to be able to see the bloodline raising their wands in the air in victory. Uh, he wants all hands on deck. He even acknowledged the fact that Jay Uso helped him win that match a couple of weeks ago on SmackDown and said he needs that energy from Jey Uso. He needs all hands on deck. We need a bloodline victory tonight. Which is when they headed out to the ring with Solo Sokoa's great entrance. I really like that. The music and the sort of green lighting and everything. It looks really, really good. Sami Zayn going nuts alongside him, obviously, as he is wont to do. Jimmy Uso even almost fell over on this entrance, which made me giggle anyway. So it was indeed going to be Sami Zayn and Solo Sokoa versus the Brawling Brutes to kick off SmackDown. And this was a really fun match. Uh, I really enjoyed all of this. Started off with Sammy and Ridge Holland going at it. Quickly the Brawling Brutes got in control until Solo Sokoa sneaked a little tag and ran in there and absolutely took Butch's head off with a clothesline. And this was kind of the story of the match. Sammy getting in there, getting a little bit beaten up, uh, and then Solo Sokoa somehow managing to come back in and take control of the entire match. Eventually Ridge Holland got the big hot tag uh, and just ran through Sami Zayn with a bunch of shoulder barges until yet again Solo Sokoa manages to save the day, gets a little bit of a sneaky blind tag in there and gets in and super kicks Ridge Holland and hits a big Samoan drop for the two. Ridge Holland and Solo Sokoa getting a massive headbutt battle in the middle of the ring, which is definitely normal behavior, until it ends up being Butch and Sami Zayn 
Zane, um, Butch is reversing a couple of blue thunder bomb attempts, uh, and then he tries to get him in the Texas Cloverleaf, but Jimmy jumps up on the apron to distract him, which leads Sami Zayn to roll up uh, Butch for a close two-fall. And this is when it all starts to get just a little bit interesting, because Sami Zayn hits an exploder suplex into the corner onto Butch, runs in with the halluva kick, but Butch manages to duck it and get out of the way, hits a kick of his own to Sami Zayn, and then starts heading up to the top rope. Now Sami Zayn himself was in the ring about to get hit by whatever Butch was about to do, but also seemed like he had a bit of a plan, like he was willing it to happen, like yeah, come on, he had a plan to reverse it or something like that. But as this was happening, Jey Uso pulls Sami Zayn out of the ring by his feet to what he thinks is safety, and then they start arguing on the outside because Sami was saying that he had a plan, he was uh, like lulling him in, and Jay was like, no you're not, you're about to get hit, you absolute moron. So they get in a big argument on the outside, Solo Sokoa ends up like pushing Butch off the top rope and then going to the outside again with Jay and uh, Sami Zayn to try and calm it all down a little bit, gets in the middle of them, tries to like let them stop it, but then from out of nowhere Ridge Holland just runs through both of them, slamming them to the ground. Sami kind of manages to dodge out of the way and roll back into the ring, but obviously as he does that it's all a big distraction. Uh, Butch rolls up Sami Zayn and gets the one, two, three right there in the middle of the ring. The brawling brutes beat the Usos. So obviously that's a distraction, so bring down the counter and chuck one onto that. Um, but there's a lot more to this. I am fine with this as a finish because this goes somewhere and I really, really like all of this. Uh, so obviously they're just getting in a big argument after the match. All of the bloodline are coming in. They're arguing with each other. No one knows who's right, who is wrong. And then Roman Reigns' music hits. And oh boy, some shit is about to go down. The entire bloodline look absolutely terrified about what's gonna happen, obviously. Roman Reigns takes his sweet time getting down to the ring. We even have to wait for another commercial before we actually get Roman Reigns speaking, where he gets St. Louis to acknowledge him. And then he addresses the Usos. Or I should say, actually, Jey Uso specifically and Sami Zayn. Uh, he calls them both children. He says he usually doesn't like airing his dirty laundry out there in the middle of the ring. They want to get work done in the middle of the ring and air all their stuff behind the scenes where no one's watching. But he sees no other option. He wants everything to be laid out there on the table tonight because he wants this beef that they have going on over. So Sami Zayn kicks this off. Obviously, of course he does. Uh, and he basically says that there's been a communication breakdown between him and Jey Uso, and frankly, he doesn't understand what's going on. Uh, he really likes Jay. He likes all of the Usos. He likes all of the bloodline. Uh, he wants to be welcomed into the fold and he's tried to be really, really nice to Jay Uso, but he just doesn't understand why he hates him so much. So Sammy apologizes for whatever it is that he's done to hurt Jay Uso. He doesn't know what it is, but he apologizes for it. But that isn't enough because Jay Uso really, really does not like Sami Zayn. He doesn't like his hair, he doesn't like his face, he doesn't like his shirt, he says he's not blood, so how can he be part of the bloodline? He says that the entire bloodline hate him, but Jey Uso is the only one with the cojones to actually say it out loud. But in all of this, he goes one step too far. Because Sammy steps in and he says he's just trying to make peace because that's what the tribal chief wants, and then, oh Jay, what have you done? What have you done to yourself? He says that he does not care what the tribal chief thinks. And oh my god, Roman Reigns' reaction to this was incredible. I love all of this. And my god, Roman Reigns looked pissed. He looked like he was about to destroy Jey Uso. When Sami Zayn steps in there to try and save the day yet again, he... 
I had one of the greatest lines <laughs> we've had in wrestling this year. I absolutely loved it, it was fantastic. Uh, he stepped in and he said that basically, Jey Uso, he didn't mean what he said, it's, it's the heat of the moment, uh, he's been going through a lot lately, and lately <laughs> he just hasn't been feeling very oozy. <laughs> You could tell through all of this, Jey Uso was just desperately trying to not crack a smile. And Roman Reigns, he couldn't hold it in. He broke a little bit. Uh, the crowd was chanting Uzi. Uh, it was just such a good moment. Like, they just let it hang for so long. And just Roman Reigns' reaction to this. You have to go and see this. It's really, really good. And Roman really leans into this afterwards as well, which is so good. It works so well. Uh, he turns to Jay, and he's kind of laughing but also looking really really angry at the same time just saying like oh is that your problem you're just you're not feeling a little bit oozy uh, and he basically says if you don't find your inner oozy again Roman's gonna do something that Jay is not going to like he is going to get rid of the honorable bit of Sami Zayn and make him a full-blown ooze and hell he might even just call him Sami Uso <laughs> And Sami looked so happy when Roman said this. It was so good. Sami Zayn and the Bloodline is genuinely one of the best things in wrestling right now. I absolutely adore all of it. If you're only gonna watch one thing from SmackDown, make it this promo at the end of this match. It was just so much fun. Everyone played their roles so well. The UC bit was fantastic. Sami Zayn's fantastic. Roman Reigns was great in it as well. All of this, 100%, easy peasy up. We had a quick Viking Raiders promo after this, uh, basically the same stuff we've been having for the last few weeks. They said the gods have opened their eyes, they were drinking some stuff, they said Valhalla awaits. Kinda ready for these to be over and to move on and actually bring the Viking Raiders back to TV now in their whole new package. Well, it's not really a new package, but with Sarah Logan, I assume, with them. Uh, I'm ready for these to, to be over now. They've been going on for quite a while and they haven't really progressed anywhere. When it was time for the Maximum Male Models versus The New Day. Not a lot to report from this match. It was really, really short. The New Day had a picture-in-picture -picture promo at the beginning of this during their entrance, uh, where they basically just told the Usos that they hope they're watching so they can see what a real tag team does and why they have the longest reigning tag team championship reign thing in WWE. And that story kind of got folded into the match itself as well. But the match went on, there was a lot of posing at the beginning from both teams. The commentators talked a lot about the New Day's title reign and how the Usos are coming up to their title reign, so we're definitely turning this into a bit of a story. And then Kofi Kingston got the hot tag, ran through Mansoir, hit the big uh, frog splash onto his back, and then they hit the midnight hour and the New Day won, and that was pretty much it. I'll give it that magical up because, well, there was nothing really wrong with it. It was, was what it was. It was just a squash match, basically. Um, but I wish to do a little bit more with the Maximum Male Models. I'd like that they're feeding into this New Day versus the Usos title reign story, so I hope to see more from that. And yeah, it was, it was fine. We then cut backstage to Kayla Braxton who's there with Sonya Deville and since I'm in this chair in front of the camera and I'm normally behind the camera for these ups and downs things, I'm gonna take this moment to use my finger of power, maybe abuse it some might say, and give Kayla Braxton an up of her very own because I think she has done absolutely fantastic in WWE. I think she's become a huge part of it. I think her role on SmackDown is absolutely fantastic. I love that she's getting more uh, personality into the sort of backstage presenter role and things like that. Her stuff with Paul Heyman has been absolutely brilliant. She's just been a golden light throughout WWE for a long time now and I think she deserves recognition for that. In this though she basically asks Sonya Deville if she is going to answer Ronda Rousey's open challenge later and Sonya Deville says 
why the hell would I tell you this? Even if I was going to do it, why would I tell you? I mean, spoiler alert, she doesn't. Um, but she did go on to talk about Liv Morgan being broken and then Liv Morgan ran up and there was a big ball. I'm enjoying this, by the way. This is very fun. Um, and then there was a big ball backstage and they all tried to pull them apart and that was pretty much the end of the segment. Next up, we had a big Braun Strowman uh, promo backstage where he basically just said that, yeah, Omos is bigger than him, but is he stronger than him? Because uh, Braun has flipped over like ambulances and wagons and things and that's a big challenge but in terms of challenges the bigger the better so almost is a lot like the challenge of flipping cars because uh, Braun is stronger than almost but almost is taller than uh, Braun but like there's no giant that can beat the monster of all monsters or something like that and then it was time for Ronda Rousey's open challenge and she comes out and she cuts a quick heel promo she says the belt is back where it belongs and yes she called it a belt it really is a brave new world we're living in and then she cut a quick heel promo just saying uh, that only great people can recognize great people and all of you people out there in the crowd are too mediocre to recognize greatness and then outcomes of all people Hey, Emma! Now it's been five years to the very day since Emma was released from WWE. Obviously she's been off in Impact, she did a three year run there and she finished that off in July and now she's back in the WWE fold and I really like this for one. I was a big fan of Emma back in the day, I genuinely think she was a huge part in the women's revolution. Kickstarting it off with that match uh, at NXT Arrival with uh, Paige versus Emma. It was an absolutely fantastic match for the inaugural NXT Women's Championship. Really, really loved that match. And I think that match went a long, long way to proving that women can do a whole lot more in wrestling than just the diva stuff. They can wrestle, they can go, and it's actually really bloody good. So I'm a big fan of this comeback, to be honest. Really, really like it. Michael Cole was putting her over big on commentary as well, talking about her history, her history with uh, the WWE and NXT and things like that, saying that she's been wrestling all over the world. And she actually had a pretty decent showing against Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey was pretty much in control, throwing her around with the judo stuff at the beginning of the match until she chucked her to the outside and Ronda threw Emma into the steel steps. But then Ronda ran in to try and hit Emma with a big knee on the steel steps, but Emma moved out the way and she just kneed the steel steps as hard as she could. Uh, and that's when Emma could kind of take over and she got a bit of a tarantula lock on the ropes, which is absolutely fantastic. Always loved that move. Uh, and then she hits a big crossbody off the top rope. But Ronda gets back in control again, going through a bunch of submissions in the middle of the ring. But the important thing is that Emma just kept on coming back. She was getting out of the submissions. She was getting back into other moves. She hit a big side rushing leg sweep for the two count. But then there was back and forth fighting again until Ronda Rousey managed to get Emma in the ankle lock. But again, she got out of that and hit her with a huge uh, wheelbarrow German suplex thing which just looked absolutely great and that was another near two count. And all of this kind of got Ronda Rousey a little bit frustrated, which I kind of like too, and it played into her heel tactics because she had to push Emma into the referee. The referee kind of sidestepped and got out of the way, but as she couldn't see, Ronda Rousey got Emma and did the big eye rake down the face. That hurt more than I should have done. Why did I do that so strong? Um, hit her with the eye rake. Then if you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. Before we go any further, though, this podcast is brought to you by Rocket Money. Do you ever feel like money is just flying out of your account and you've got no idea where it's going? Well, it's all those subscriptions. I mean, think about it. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it is endless. I'm guilty of this, so I used Rocket Money to help me find out what subscriptions I'm actually spending money on, and it was more shocking than a wrestling betrayal. You see, Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in cancelled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. That's rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Got her in the Piper's pit, hit her with that, and then got her in the armbar and made Emma tap out. So yes, Emma lost on her comeback match um, after five years of not being in WWE. However, I genuinely think she had a really good showing against Ronda Rousey and she came out of this looking really, really good and there's no shame to lose into the champion. Um, so I really like this. I will give it the big old up. Uh, we'll have to wait and see what happens with Emma going forwards. There was, it wasn't on SmackDown, but they did do like a WWE exclusive interview thing that they put up on YouTube afterwards. Um, and it was basically just Emma backstage and she was saying that it's great to be back after five years and that this time she will make sure she is never forgotten again and that going forward, she knows what she needs to do to become champ. So it looks like there's plans for Emma going forwards. And I, for one, welcome this. I'm a big Emma fan and uh, yeah, like I say, up. So we continued the Bloodline story arc after this and it was behind the scenes backstage with Jey Uso and Paul Heyman. Jey Uso was just shouting a bunch of stuff at Paul Heyman. He was desperate to get into Roman Reigns' locker room, but Paul was not having any of it. Jey was saying that he wants to talk to him about the Sammy stuff and then like, he was just kind of incoherently rambling about the Logan Paul stuff, saying he wants to knock him out for knocking him out. Uh, it basically boiled down to Paul Heyman saying, no, sometimes things are better coming from the wise man, uh, why don't you just go away and cool down? And then as Jay walked off, Paul Heyman just kind of rolled his eyes a little bit and breathed a sigh of relief because he does not want this stuff landing on Roman Reigns' desk. After this, we saw Ronda Rousey walking backstage when Shayna Baszler came up to her, basically congratulating her for putting the new girl in her place. When in comes Natalia, and she basically said that, oh, well, if I'd have answered your open challenge, I would be champion right now. Uh, Natalia, if it was that easy, why didn't you just do it? And why aren't you champion right now? 
Shayna brilliantly was having absolutely none of this though and basically just choked Natalia out. She just grabbed her in the middle of what she was saying, choked her out as much as she possibly could. Uh, and then as they were walking off together, Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler, Ronda said to Shayna, now that's what we need to see. I am a 100% on board with the rehabilitation of Shayna Baszler. It might take a while to get her back to where she was, but if we can get Shayna Baszler back to being an absolute killer, I think that's a huge addition to the SmackDown roster and far better than Shayna Baszler has been in a hell of a long time. She has not been booked well. Next up, it was Legado Del Fantasma versus Hit Row. And I have one question about Hit Row that I'd please like you to let me know down in the comments below. Why the hell Top Dollar was cosplaying as Mr. Socko? So Hit Row basically came out, and obviously it's two against three with Legado Del Fantasma. And uh, so BFAB basically said that they have friends in high places and introduced, of all people, Shinsuke Nakamura. I don't know why. It's nice to see Shinsuke back on my TV. I don't know why, though. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> so it was going to be a six-man tag of Hit Row and Shinsuke Nakamura versus Legado El Del Fantasma, and then they just kind of got in a massive brawl at the beginning. Uh, Hit Row ended up standing tall at the end of the brawl with B-Fab taking out um, Zelina Vega. And yeah, fine, whatever, it all eventually calmed down and then the match started. Fantasma looked really good at the beginning. They were just getting loads of really quick tags together. There were loads of double-team moves and things like that. They were super in control until... Shinsuke Nakamura got the tag. And sometimes you forget how good Shinsuke Nakamura is, but when he goes on a tear, my word is he good. He basically ran through absolutely everybody, hitting them with absolutely everything he could, and then it boiled down that Top Dollar uh, got two of them, did the big slam thing, and then like, that, was, that was kind of it. And like, they, Shinsuke hit the Kinshasa, then they, they pinned him, and Hit Row and Shinsuke beat Legada del Fantasma. So I'm sorry, but I really have to give this a big down because you've got two teams here. You've introduced them both pretty much at the exact same time and then you've booked yourself into a position where you're putting two teams that are brand new really on the main roster that really can't afford to be losing so quickly against each other in a position where one of them absolutely has to lose and then you don't even allow one of the teams to get the victory because it's actually Shinsuke Nakamura that's doing the winning, not hit row. Like people had their moments throughout this. Shinsuke shined more than anybody else, I guess top dollar had his bit where he slammed the two people and he did this bit where he like jumped up to the top rope and then came down with like a big chop thing so he looked okay in it but everyone else massive meh I'm sorry this is definitely a down next we were backstage again with the bloodline and this is Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman in Roman Reigns' dressing room and Paul Heyman was desperately trying to get Roman Reigns to watch some footage and the footage was of Logan Paul doing a bit of the old boxing and Heyman basically wanted to get it in Roman's head that it does just take that one lucky punch uh, for Logan Paul to beat Roman Reigns. He wants Roman Reigns to take Logan Paul seriously. And then he had this story about this doctor that was telling him that Logan Paul broke his hand and then he got pins in his hand and that's his punching hand that now has pins in it and that's supposed to make him like some kind of robot man, I guess, with super hand strength. I don't know quite how that works. Roman was in complete disbelief in all of this, saying like, he's only had two matches. Like, why, why are you saying this to me? And Paul Heyman was like, yeah, but on Brock Lesnar's third match in the UFC, he won the championship. 
And then he immediately saw Roman Reigns' face, uh, bringing up the name of Brock Lesnar, how dare you? And Paul Heyman backtracked loads and like was basically just desperately trying to get out of the room. And then another backstage bit, it was Kayla Braxton again. She was putting in the hard work last night, but this time she was with LA Knight, yeah. He said that the ring announcer couldn't even get his bloody hometown right, yeah. And then in comes Ricochet, and who, if you don't know, is dating the ring announcer, which they didn't directly mention, but it seems like they're tying this all together. Ricochet basically tells La Knight uh, that he should just be nicer to people and maybe get a better reaction from people if he's just nicer and that's pretty much words to live by Ricochet. Good message. But La Knight basically takes none of this in except for the fact that Ricochet said he was acting like God's gift to Smackdown and he was like, well I am God's gift to Smackdown, yeah, and then wandered off. And next up, we had a match between Karrion Cross versus Madcap Moss, and I've decided from now on, I only want matches that rhyme. Yeah! Sorry, I'll stop saying yeah. I just like doing it so much. This was all basically to keep the Karrion Cross versus Drew McIntyre storyline going without Drew McIntyre actually being on the show. The commentators talked about it a lot throughout this match to get over the point. Um, but it was actually just a good competitive matchup between Madcap Moss and Karrion Cross. I really like that it rhymes. It was back and forth to start with Madcap Moss actually getting the better of Karrion Cross for quite a while until we went to commercial, which is obviously babyface kryptonite because when we came back from it, Karrion Cross was fully in control. And Karrion Cross had control of the match for quite a while until it was just an explosive comeback from Madcap Moss. I love Madcap Moss's comebacks. They're just so good. He ran through Karrion Cross doing all the moves, running all over the goddamn place until Scarlet appeared and distracted Madcap Moss. The distraction obviously allowed Karrion Cross to get back in control and then he hit the big sort of elbow to the back of the head uh, onto Madcap Moss and pinned him for the one, two, three. And that was that. Uh, so distraction, bring it down, pop on another one. After the match, Moss put Cross in the Cross jacket and then he cut a promo to Drew McIntyre basically saying that Moss put up a way better fight than you did. He put over Moss to begin with this uh, and then carried on to say that Drew McIntyre is basically a coward and everybody knows his true feelings. He has no thoughts, no regard for absolutely anything except his own ambition and then at Crown Jewel, history is gonna repeat itself but I'm pretty sure you can probably just ignore all of this because I think it was just a massive product placement for TikTok. But all in all, I actually quite liked this match. I thought Madcap Moss came across really good in it. I do definitely think we need something a little bit more solid for Madcap Moss going forward. He's lost a lot of momentum since all of the Baron Corbin things finished. So we need him to get something to let him sink his teeth into it and actually get maybe a couple of wins behind him. But his comeback, genuinely, is absolutely fantastic. The way he's just running around, going through everybody, hitting loads of big moves, big spine busts and things. I absolutely love it. It made Cross look strong going into the match against Drew McIntyre, the cage match it is, uh, at Crown Jewel. It carried on the Drew McIntyre story without Drew McIntyre having to be on the show. All of this, it was good. Up. We then got a little bit of a video package of Bray just kind of pacing backwards and forwards in the backstage area to his music uh, in the background and there was quite a lot of little like glitchy moments throughout the show that was all building to whatever the big final segment with Bray Wyatt was going to be. But before that, we had some more backstage stuff. Now there was quite a lot of this on last week's Smackdown, but I'm not against it. They were all quite short and sweet and they all followed stories through. Uh, so I'm down with it. So this time she was there with Rey Mysterio, who basically just said that he's really happy to be back on Smackdown. He's really happy to be fighting the IC champion. But before he could do much more of anything else, in comes Imperium. They hit him with a steel chair and then they grab him and uh, Gunther tears his shirt off and hits him with the big chop, which to be honest, Rey Mysterio sold a lot more than he did the initial chair shot. And 
and fair play. I would not want to be hit with a Gunther chop. Uh, but all of this, it was fine. It was just playing into what is the match next week. It's going to be Gunther versus Rey Mysterio. And I, for one, am very much looking forward to this match. I cannot wait to see Gunther slap Rey Mysterio out of the air. It's going to be glorious. <laughs> And then it was time for Bray Wyatt. We had the full entrance, the doorway, the lantern, the fireflies, the new music and everything. Uh, he got down to the ring, he was really excited, full of adrenaline, he was loving it. There was a bunch of welcome back chants and Bray was just feeding off this energy from the crowd. It looked really good. Um, but I'm gonna use my notes for this bit because I don't want to get anything wrong. He was basically saying uh, that uh, he loves all of this, the welcome back chants, the adrenaline rush from the entrance and things like that because it makes him feel invulnerable. Uh, he's proud that he is just himself. Uh, there is no masks, there's no smoke and mirrors anymore. This is the realest version of him and this is the best version of him that we will see. And he is gonna do some spectacular things while he's here. He then went on to talk about how his emotions can sometimes control him and take him to a very, very dark place. And then other times he just can't feel things at all. Um, but a part of him likes that he's not afraid to do horrible things and there will come a time when he is made to do horrible things again. But before he could continue much more, Uncle Howdy appears on the big screen. Now it starts and it's that new mask on the screen and there's a bunch of glitches and things, but he takes that mask off to reveal the mustachioed, melty-faced horribleness that is Uncle Howdy. And then Uncle Howdy goes on to speak a lot more than we have had uh, in the past. He basically he introduced himself as the ghost of the man who sold the world. And then he went, goes on to say that you're a fool, you killed the world, you sent him away, I assume, speaking about the fiend, and now you're just a shell of what you once were. I say to revel in what you are, but you, you are a liar. You claim you don't wear a mask and we both know that's not true, don't you? I can see you, you'll never be able to hide from me, your Uncle Howdy. Don't know what that accent was. Um, and then throughout this as well, there was a QR code that flashed up at the beginning. If you scan that, it took you to a picture of Bray Wyatt, just as Bray Wyatt, his face, but with the words liar scribbled all over it and big red crosses through his eyes. And that, my friends, was the end of SmackDown. So we're getting a lot more from this Uncle Howdy character than we've had before. It's obviously just Bray Wyatt and a mask. I mean, let's face it. Um, but it's it's carrying on the intrigue. I think I'm, I'm enjoying this Bray Wyatt stuff since the comeback. It's, it's intriguing week to week. It's not taking up too much time, which I think is the biggest part of this. Uh, like each seg segment kind of leaves you just wanting a little bit more. It's like it doesn't feel like it's overlong. It doesn't feel like it's getting a bit boring. There's a lot of intrigue for it. I genuinely have absolutely no clue where this is going and how they're going to like figure out how to work this into a match itself. Is it just gonna be the Bray Wyatt character? Is it gonna be the Uncle Howdy character? What the hell is the wrestling match gonna look like? So there's a lot of questions still to be answered, but each week we just feel like, it feels like it's progressing, which is a lot more than Bray Wyatt stuff has done in the past. Often it's felt like um, like with the uh, cult leader character and with the Fiend stuff, that it got to a point where it was just kind of spinning its wheels and we weren't getting anything new or any progression. And this so far, it feels like it has a plan. It's progressing each week and I like it. So I'm willing to give it the benefit of the doubt and wait to see where it goes. So I will give it that up. Overall, I will definitely be giving SmackDown an up. Uh, it was a really enjoyable wrestling show, I thought. Um, so yeah, it was good stuff. Thank you very much. You can follow me over on Twitter at 
fill my chambers. Go do that, please. Uh, thank you for being patient while Simon Miller has been away. I will maybe be doing Rampage later. I am very much on my own today. Uh, both Gareth and Simon and our editor Ryan has all left me to do all videos on my own. So I'm doing news and this and Rampage and editing all three videos. So it's a very, very busy day. Uh, so be nice. Thanks. Have yourselves a bloody good day. <laughs> Bye. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.